Welcome to Coffee with Kim. I'm Kim Kelp, and every week you and I sit down with fascinating, smart, and talented leaders, CEOs, and founders so that we can copy their homework. If someone knows how to do something really well, I want to know what it is and exactly how they're doing it. Get ready for aha moments, gems of wisdom, and little known tips and tricks that we can steal and use in our own lives. If you want to join these conversations and ask these experts your own questions, no point in just me having all the fun. Join us on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern live over on LinkedIn. Hey, friend. Happy Wednesday. It's so good to see you, especially on this Wednesday, because man, oh man, are we going to have a really informative and helpful coffee chat today. If you're new here, come on in. We're a really fun bunch. Unlike other maybe workshops or lives that you have joined, this is not a sit back and relax and watch us talk, although you could do that if you have your mouth full of your lunch or your dinner or your breakfast. Uh, I say that because the chat is really where it's at. We are all in this together. Selena and I are not the only ones who are bringing thoughts and advice and resources. Everybody in the chat from Jim to Giacomo to Arno to Robin to Eduardo to Stefina and Harry, they all have valuable information that might help you. So don't be shy. You can practice your quick confidence. Like, like how I did that little plug there. You can practice your quick confidence by saying hi in the chat. I know it can be a little cringy. You're like, oh, what do I type? Just type hi, just type where you're coming in from. You can see that Brian's coming in from Las Vegas, that I'm coming in from Texas, that Robin's here from Colorado. Just type where you're coming in from. Maybe perhaps what is in your cup. Start practicing that confidence muscle already. But if you're shy, that's all right. You came to the right place because today's coffee guest, Selena, is really one of the most sought after go-to experts when it comes to confidence. You might recognize her from her viral TikToks and Instagram reels, or you might recognize her from LinkedIn, where she is a LinkedIn learning instructor of 25 courses, which is just mind-blowing. In addition to being a course creator, she's also a speaker and consultant working with everybody from Harvard and Pfizer to, I mean, just the HP. I mean, these companies are the biggest and the best of the best, all helping their employees and corporations and executives with their confidence and communication. So that's why I'm excited to have her join us today. So whether you're coming in from Alexandria, Egypt, or Pennsylvania like Luigi, please raise your glass and help me by welcoming Selena to our coffee chat. Hi, Kim, and hello, everybody around the world. Thank you so much for having me. You are the master of these lives, and oh. I appreciate all that you do. I'm so excited to have you here. I have like a laundry list of questions, but as I said before, I know everybody else has questions too. So I promise to share Selena. If you put your question in the chat, I promise not to take all of my questions for her. But Selena, I'm so excited you're here. First and foremost, congratulations, because when this guy hit my mailbox, I was like, holy moly, Selena has written another book. 
a third yeah. book. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. My first question has, to, by the way, everybody, this comes out May 9th, which is less than two weeks away, but I'm super curious because it has been over a decade since you published your last book, which, you know, it's been, it's been a hot second. So I'm curious, like what has changed in 10 years? Like what sparked you to say, cause writing a book is not easy. So what sparked you to be like, we're no. going in for number yeah. three? Yeah. Well, it really was the pandemic. You know, I, I felt like I was riding high. I was having this like personal moment of, wow, I feel like all those long hours and all that hard work paid off in my business as a speaker. And the pandemic came. And of course, all of our focus went to very different things, right? And a lot of, of those contracts went bye-bye with clients. And I felt myself needing a little confidence vitamin, you know, like I was like, wow, um, what exactly do I have to stand on now? You know, that some of these, these things have gone away. Um, and I realized, you know what, talking to my communities, so many other people were feeling you know, feelings of insecurity and job insecurity, obviously worries about like physical safety and, and health and loved ones. And I thought if I could start a newsletter where we get that little fortifier every week, that would be awesome. And I was so excited when it went viral um, after not too much time. And, and that's really what motivated me to make it a book. I, I don't see it as a newsletter. I really see it as a community. All of us trying to live with more boldness. And, and I feel like it's really living with more boldness is one of those things that sounds really great. But sometimes when it comes to actually doing it in practice, we're just all like, oh, I don't even know where to start. So, so for those of us who are kind of like, I would love to make a strong first impression, that mm -hmm. would be really great, Selena. But like, how can I do that without just feeling, oh, like just your shoulder, like the cringe? Yes, I can relate to that. I think we've all been there where we're like, who do I think I am uh, doing this scary thing or initiating this or that? But here's one little hack that has made a life-changing difference for me and for lots of my clients, and it's called dog code. <laughs> so... Do you have a dog, Kim? I don't. My husband wants one desperately, and I'm like the big bad wolf who won't let him have one. <laughs> well, it's a big decision, so I understand. But for any of you who might have dogs, you know, you all know they, if somebody comes to your door, they don't hesitate to greet that person. They don't overthink it. They don't talk to seven of their friends first, right? They come right up to you and they say hello. And they're very comfortable being the first. And giving yourself this challenge, like I am gonna be the first, I'm gonna adopt dog code and, and be that person. Maybe you're gonna be the first to like welcome a newcomer um, to the networking event where you are, or you're gonna be the first to welcome the newbie employee who just joined and invite them to lunch. Um, that willingness to reach across, walk up to a person and shake their hands, say hello, 
can make a huge difference. Like I would argue it can double your social confidence just by making that a habit. Because all of a sudden you're initiating all kinds of like interpersonal um, interactions and that's really powerful. Um, so I love that little habit of be the first can change even someone who feels a bit like a wallflower, a client I'm working with now to this bolder, you know, character. And it's really exciting. Well, for somebody who maybe has kind of beaten you to the punch. So they've, they've, they've been the first dog. You're like the backup dog that's coming to like <laughs> greet someone, or maybe like you're a little tardy to a meeting or you want to interject. What are some like tips or tactics we could use to kind of wedge our, insert ourselves a little bit into a conversation that's already happening? Well, look, there's a few ways. And I know you used the word cringe earlier, Kim, and I think it was such a perfect word for how it can feel. Maybe you're at a networking event and you're like trying to get into one of those little circles of people. And it's like, oh, excuse me, uh, can I get in here? Um, but I think you could do a few things. I think one is you could, uh, maybe there's like a full-blown conversation going or, or a little bit of a conversation bubbling up. You could make a connection with one person. I might sidle up next to you, Kim, and be like, oh, hi, I'm Selena. Uh, what's your name, right? And make a connection with one person. Maybe you don't have to nail the entire impression with six different people, right? Right away. Um, I think another is to just make a bridge statement, right? To say something like that you've just observed or heard in that circle. Um, hey, that's such an interesting point. I had the same experience last night, you know, and there, there you go. You have an opening to introduce yourself. And I think one more that is so great you know, I think we all appreciate it when someone does it in an earnest, real way, is asking questions like that you are authentically curious about, you know. So maybe you just said something about your role. I heard you introducing yourself, Kim, to the group. You know, I might say something like, oh, that, that sounds like a lot to manage. Um, how do you find X aspect of that? And, and so as long as it's something you're really curious about, I think that's going to show and, and people appreciate the follow-up question. I think it's helpful, again, just like staying curious. Because mm -hmm. I think that that's another thing that sometimes as adults are, is kind of like <laughs> beaten out of us. <laughs> the, 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 that sort of like curious cat, like, mm, tell me a little bit more, like following a trail that might not make sense. Or, or it might not be, well, it's a networking event, you know, we gotta, we gotta stay on sales or, you know, whatever the, the topic of the conference is. I think sometimes getting a little off course is, is also a really great way to connect with someone and even, even make yourself stand out a little bit more. Yeah, I say go for it. And, and I think, you know, you are so good at this, Kim, being really authentic and bold. And I think by doing that, you kind of give permission and encourage lots of other people to do that. So I'm all for being real. I think just on this 
topic of, of really strong first impressions, I think it can help to make your early statements more positive. The negative might seem like an obvious or a simple thing, but you'd be surprised how many people might get into that circle and then be like, oh, my flight last night. Oh my goodness, my noisy hotel room. Um, you know, I, I, I can't believe they're serving that at lunch. Like, you, you know, you might want to think twice about that. You don't have to be Pollyanna. But noticing totally. what energy you're bringing. A hundred percent. I think, I think as much as you can, you know, and still saying authentic, try to really be that positive, positive person in the group or that positive force of change. But I'm glad we're kind of talking about the off days too, because I know sometimes, you know, yeah, you did miss your flight or you didn't sleep well because the hotel was loud or, or there's going to be days that just they're, they're poopy. You know, you're just having a poopy day. It's just not a good day. So on those days, is there either a hack or, or maybe something that you use or say to yourself that kind of keeps your confidence high or, or keeps your energy level high when you know, like, man, today's just, it's not my day. Yes. And, and I think some of it is bringing that challenge to the part of your mind that wants to focus intently on everything that sucks. You know, because we all have that. We all have those days and moments where we cannot see anything but the crummy stuff in front of us or in our life. And I think when that happens, we need to counterbalance it. So giving yourself uh, and doing the exercise of, all right, what's the more rational counterstatement to that? You know, if maybe you're like, oh, I gave the wrong statistic in the meeting and I feel like such an idiot. Like, I don't even know how I have a job, <laughs> right? We might go down that path and, and feel really negative and easy to get in a negativity spiral. But it's so important for your confidence. And I go deep in this, in Quick Confidence, the book, is to challenge yourself with that rational counterstatement. To say something like, you know what? I did make a mistake yesterday. Normally, I get my work correct. <laughs> I'll own it. And then it's time to move on, right? It's a little bit more of an accurate retelling of history. You haven't bombed everything you've ever done in your life. And I think it's up to us to find that inner coach, particularly like when we're used to an inner critic, you know, that'll say, okay, I saw that good thing you tried to do back here. Let's try to do it this way next time to improve it. And, and so bring that balance because it's very good chance that it was not all bad, that it was not all gloom, that there's not nothing we can't learn from this. Exactly. It's not, it's not all, you know, woe is me. This is terrible. Yeah. I've learned nothing, but, but it can feel that way. And I know, you know, maybe people don't know, and I, I talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but, you know, for years you have been really working with executives and top leaders at really prestigious companies, you know, Microsoft, HP, World Bank, et cetera. I'm curious, what, what are some things that you tell these leaders like, okay, I know you're really busy and you might not remember all 30 of my tips, 
But if you could just avoid, you know, X, Y, and Z, that's like a really good start. What are some of those like no-nos that you're just like, oh, please like stop doing this? Yeah. Well, one is, especially for those emerging leaders trying to get to that leadership rung, is don't over-apologize. You know, don't, don't, um, you know, feel sorry for the air that you breathe. Because sometimes what we might interpret as respect, you know, I was being respectful with that senior vice president, um, is actually really putting yourself down here unnecessarily. You know, when what we want to do with these people is speak more peer to peer. So I wouldn't say things like, oh, I'm so sorry to bother you, right? Instead, realize, you know, your time is just as important, okay? And instead, you want to walk in there and say something like, especially if you want to acknowledge them meeting with you, say something like, I'm so glad we could meet. I'm here to discuss A, B, and C. But this sorry to take your time, sorry, I'll hurry up and be out of here in two minutes. You know, sorry. Uh, it doesn't do a lot for our own self-confidence and it really doesn't help us make the kind of impression we want with others, which is that we earned our place in this meeting, in this room, uh, in this, you know, 30 minute session we're having. So I think it's so important that we keep that in mind. And by the way, same if we make a mistake. You know, we talked about that, uh, you know, I gave the wrong statistic in a meeting. You know, you can own an error or a mistake without apologizing for it ad nauseum. <laughs> you know, there's a difference. Right. Yeah, you can just kind of say, hey, my bad. And, you know, we're, we're moving on. You know, one of the examples that I love to kind of tell people when it comes to this, because I think, you know, one of those things is like, we're obsessed with our own mistakes, but everybody else, like they're obsessed with their own mistakes. So they don't really care about us as much as we think they do. And the one example that I always tell people is if you look at like a LeBron James or a Tom Brady, you know, they might miss a basketball shot or throw an interception, but, but it's the next play. Like, like we can't, you know, LeBron's not crying because he missed, you know, one free throw in, you know, the first half, we, we got a whole other half to play. So we gotta, we gotta keep it moving. And I think sometimes we would do well with a little bit of dose of that ourselves. You're so right, Kim. And it's true. He does not need to score every single shot to succeed and, and do well. And look, it's the same for most of us. You know, if you've gotten several failures, hello, to write a book from publishers, do I need 12 yeses? No, I don't. Um, and, and, you know, when we're looking for a job, do we need every one of those to be a firm offer? No, not to move, not to get career advancement or grow. So I think that's really smart. Like on a practical level, not only do we not need it, but... I think we should do the exercise every time we read an impressive person's bio. We should kind of think about the failure resume behind it. You know, because we see your clients are, your TEDx was about, your this and that. 
but we don't see what's for sure behind that, which is here's the three TEDx's I didn't get accepted to. You know, here's the, uh, yeah, you're seeing the SVP job, but here's all the ones I didn't get. So you have to assume when you look at somebody else's bio, there's been a path of, uh, you know, foul balls, <laughs> uh, misfires, straight up rejections, and we have to normalize it for ourselves too. Oh my gosh, we absolutely have to normalize it. And I think Rachel brings up a great point here that again, not only are you not going to win every game, but sometimes it's okay if you lose multiple games in a row, you know, or multiple book publishers turn you down in a row. And I'm curious when you have this happen to you, Selena, because, you know, I'm sure it's happened not only just with book publishers, but, but in general, you know, what are some ways that you pick yourself up? I know that you talk a little bit about affirmations in the book, but are there, are there affirmations that you say to yourself or that you recommend to your clients that when you've just been kind of getting those no's or, or kind of been losing those games over and over that you use to kind of pick yourself back up? Yes. And especially as an entrepreneur, I have had many of those moments. I will never forget getting ready to pitch a big corporate law firm on some leadership development work. And I got out of the subway in New York City and I just like looked at the skyscraper that they were in and I could not have felt smaller, more intimidated. Ugh, like, are you sure you belong? And yeah. I'm actually grateful for that experience because it, it gave birth to an affirmation I use a lot. And it's, I 400% belong here in this mahogany boardroom, in this big deal board meeting, <laughs> in this job interview, right? Whatever it is, but affirming that for yourself, like this isn't a mistake. I am not here by accident. Um, I earned my place here as much as anyone else. And it's time for me to kind of claim my place. So that one, I 400% belong here has been really huge. I think the other thing is I'm this like recovering good girl, very afraid to make mistakes, you know, in my past. Um, and I'm still outgrowing it. But I've needed to tell myself like a mess up is not the worst thing on planet Earth. And one of the affirmations I use for that is like, if I make a wrong turn, I can write myself. Like we all have that writing reflex, like a cat, they can write themselves if they fall and kind of land on their four feet. And we can do the same just because you go out on a limb and try something. You really have to affirm for yourself. Um, I know how to problem solve. You know, I, I know how to do that and I may need to do it in the moment, but I'll be okay. Yeah. And I love that you bring up this sort of good girl. I mean, I hate to genderize it, but I, I do think that there is like a gender element there. I was reading, I forget it was in like one of the HBS journals or something, but it was basically talking about how this, there's this group of 30 people and they're learning code 
and it got to be the end of the class. And the teacher kept noticing that all the women would have like no code written and all the guys, like some of them would have code written. Some of it was right. Some of it was wrong. And when they went deep into the study, like why do the women keep having no code at all? It was because they said, if I can't do it perfectly, I'm going to erase my work. And I'd rather the proctor, like the person see nothing than mm. to see it be wrong. And I was, it so resonated with me because I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> like, yeah. that's so me. Like, I don't want anybody to see me fail or not do it right. And I think that that definitely plays into, you have to have confidence to be wrong, which sounds yes. so weird, but it's true. That's such a great data point, and I'm totally gonna look it up and and un, like learn more about it because I, I think a lot of us relate to that, and, and I think there's other research too, like around psychological safety and and volunteering our ideas, feeling safe enough to share our ideas. That women tend to have a standard that's even higher that they have to have a really developed idea or a more yeah. developed idea to share it. Um, you know, and it's it's similar. And I think it can be really liberating and empowering when we say to ourselves, nobody's working with perfect information. Yeah. Majority of the time, no one has perfect insight into the problem. Therefore, this does not need to be bulletproof. I don't need to have a bulletproof proposal in order to share it. Yeah. And it requires a little trust, right? That if I do share it, like I'm going to rely on this community and this group around me to stress test it, test it and, and maybe debate it a little bit with me, um, you know, but like you're not in this on your own. And and I think that can be another freeing part of saying I feel 65 to 70 percent really good about this. I think there's something promising here. Often that's enough. That is enough. And I feel like it, it really does speak to what Lewis and Asley are saying here, which is like the imposter syndrome sometimes is just, you know, I'm glad Lewis says like sometimes it's ingrained, you know, whether it was elementary school or middle school or high school or our parents or who knows what, but we somehow kind of, it's, you have to really work at sort of like taking it out. And I'm sure you've experienced this with your clients before. I have. In fact, just this weekend, I was speaking to physicians in academia. So I'm really thinking about you, Lewis, and your question here. And this came up. And I think in environments like certain academia environments, where there's not a lot of advocacy, self-advocacy or negotiation encouraged, people will say to me things like, oh, I can't ask for that. Or I can't negotiate my pay because that's just how it is. Yeah. It can be really damaging. That doesn't exactly help us with our confidence. And it's easy to swallow that whole like, hey, that's just the environment I'm in. Uh, I can't do it. But here's what's interesting. Every time I hear that and then I ask the audience, okay, but how many of you know an exception? Mm. Everyone will raise their hand. You know, so I'm very careful about like the blanket beliefs, you know, you swallow whole, including yeah. 
maybe a thought like, I, I can't ask for that. Um, I can't negotiate what's more optimal for me. Um, I think that's kind of mindset shift number one. I think the other thing with imposter syndrome is I think it really helps to develop a healthy um, kind of respect for your strengths. Yeah. You know, I think imposter syndrome breeds with you overlooking your strengths or your unique value, you know, trust you have a unique value that you bring your hybrid skills, your background, your voice, you know, that the different ways, um, you know, you express ideas and, and make a difference. And I think practicing, like talking about that, getting a little more fluent around your value is so important because Kim, I know I can vouch that I've done this. Sometimes we wait till like we're looking for a job to practice this. And we feel so out of our element because like, oh, I haven't talked about my value, my key skills and contributions. Please do that. That's one way you can get, um, I think, have these, these wonderful signature strengths of yours become a little more integrated into who you are. Exactly. Just like a little more firm, a little right. more firm. And I also, one of the things I love that you talk about in the book is when you are at your workplace, it's not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows. It's not all as bright and sparkly as your book cover. There are going to be people that are a little toxic, or as Asley's saying, you know, they're going to bring out the imposter syndrome in you because they're kind of going to be like, oh, are you sure that marketing deck is done? And then you're in your head going, well, is it not done? Are there mistakes? Like, did, you know, so that happens. How do we deal with maybe these toxic influences? Because I don't think the answer, which people are going to come at me for this, but I think sometimes Gen Z is a little bit like, well, the answer is to leave. And to like really go somewhere that I'm fully respected and Gen Z is going to come after me for this, but like, I disagree. Like part of the human experience is like, not everyone around you is going to be like super Zen and love you and everything's all great. No, like it sounds weird, but you have to learn to work and deal with toxic people. Yeah. It's so. I really hear that. And, and I think I wish I had known earlier on and I go deep in, in quick confidence about this, just how important like verbal self-defense is for all of us. Um, not just for the impressions we make, but for our own self-respect and confidence. So I think one of the things we can do here, if we work with like a toxic underminer, gotta love them is when they come to you with a question, you can take the bait if you want and answer the question immediately, or you can pause, which I recommend you do. And if it feels over the line or it's kind of offensive or it's putting you down, here's a tactic, make a comment about the question or ask mm -hmm. a question about the question, right? You're not obliged to answer, um, Kim, why don't you have kids yet? Or so-and-so, why do you keep going to doctor's visits during the day? What's going on there? 
or are you sure you got the PowerPoint deck in proper order? I'm not so sure, right? Asking a question about that question can be a really powerful way for you to set a boundary and keep your confidence. So you might say, what makes you think the PowerPoint isn't up to snuff? Yeah. Um, or you might say something about the, the doctor's office, you know, question, um, wouldn't you like to know? Right. <laughs> There's a little humor too. I say like, shame them, but just a little bit, <laughs> you know, because you can give them, give them a chance, you know, to kind of maybe see the absurdity or hear it back, played back of what they just asked, how it's well, and oftentimes people will back down when you like verbally judo chop them back. Because if they say like, well, you know, why are you sure the marketing deck should be in this order? And you say back, well, I'm pretty sure but why are you not sure? Then it's like, oh, well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure the way you have it is totally fine. I was just like, sometimes they then start to, to backpedal when you kind of karate chop them back a little bit. Yeah, you're right. Because I think in that moment, that person's kind of waiting for the big doubt in your mind. Oh, no, what? Oh, gosh, should I relook at it? Uh, do I need to do another pass through? And you're right. I think you're sure-footedness and, and confidence and either saying, I have reviewed it. I feel good about it or putting it back on them. What makes you think something's off there is, is a, is a nice place to be. Exactly. It's, it's, it's an art of that sort of like gentle pushback, but that's what I think that this book is going to be so helpful for a lot of people because it, it, to me, it's one of those things that you can kind of keep on your desk and just do like a little refresh. Or if you know you're going into a situation that you're like, oh, like I know this is like a toxic environment or whatever. It's like you give certain pages a little bit of a reread. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it kind of, I don't know, it's it's like a little injection of Selena into your life. Oh. Thank you. Oh, that's, I love that you said that because that's exactly how I intended it to be like that quick confidence boost that you need. And, and uh, I'm excited about the way it can make a difference for people. I'm curious, what was your, what was maybe your favorite subject to write about for the book or your favorite chapter or your favorite because I know I have friends that have written books I've written a book myself but they tell me that a lot of times kind of when you're in the flow there are certain either chapters or sections that kind of pour out really easily and then there are some that you they kind of have to like muscle through so I'm curious <laughs> for you like which parts of the book just kind of tumbled out for you one of my favorite topics, and I think it's because I've seen people struggle with it, I myself have struggled with it, is dealing with intimidating types and yeah. overcoming those feelings, right? So that you can still make the connection with the person or you can still get maybe the answers you need or whatever it may be. And that tumbled out. That was like free-flowing and, and I have some advice there that I think can really make a difference for people because we're all going to be around someone we think is so extra, like, whoa, they, they are 
seems so up here, whatever that means. And one of the pieces of advice I have is interact with the person, not the power. Mm. So when we think like Jillian, uh, executive vice president at a Fortune 50 company, <laughs> that is feels daunting and scary to, to most of us, right? But when we're like, this is Jillian, she works in marketing, and we focus on the like flesh and blood human being, mm-hmm. it can go such a long way to make us, again, feel, okay, we also belong here. Um, we are two people making a connection, um, you know, seeing if we have, uh, I don't know, rapport, or we can help each other professionally in some way. But that has really helped like right size an intimidating situation for me. I love that. Just kind of separating out human position, two separate things. Yeah. Like even saying, and how was your weekend? Right. I might find that that person like drove their kids all over town to sports events, just like me, or is human, (laughs) you know, in a way, maybe even I can relate to. So I, I think that is really important to um, not overfocus on the title, the logo of the company, whatever it is that's yeah. so scary. Um, and I think the other thing is to keep it peer to peer, even if they are like the Jedi of the universe. You know, <laughs> um, there's this, this saying, and the saying is, if you put somebody up on a pedestal. Don't be surprised if they start to look down on you. And I think we actually earn more respect from them when we speak like a peer, peer to peer. And and so I think that's one way to hold on to your power and not let it seep away. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so good. At the end of the day, we're all just people. We're all just people and we're all just, you know, trying to learn and grow from each other. And, and that's why I'm excited to get into a little bit of like copying your homework, Selena, because I feel like you're one of those people that I'm like, oh, she has a lot of like, she's got a lot of little like secrets, I feel like, and things that she uses that I want to get into as well. So I'm curious for you, what is something that you have been doing or using lately, you know, work related that you just absolutely love. Maybe it's, you know, Asana or Notion or, or just something work-wise that you're like, wow, this is, this is freaking great. Yes. Well, I want to say this about it, which is in this past year, I have had a lot of like wonderful, exciting things happen. But because of reaching higher, I've also had more rejections than I've ever had. And so I have this little thing I want to show you, which is called a smile file. I love that. And it makes a huge difference for me in my confidence. And it's just a little collection of things that make you feel good. I have everything in here from like little love notes for my kids and like, you know, their writing handwriting ever um to 
like letters from clients who were helped and who built their confidence. I even have a very silly picture of my girlfriends and I with rainbow wigs on. But like, I can't go into this small file and not have it give me perspective, you know, after even the worst rejection and, and say, wait a minute, my life is a lot fuller and richer than I'm giving it credit for right now. Totally. You want to go to your like little happy place when maybe things aren't, things aren't going your way. I absolutely love that. And you could probably also do like a digital version of a smile file too. You could do like a physical one and a digital one. Yes. Really I love that idea. Oh, okay. When you are just in your car or walking or whatnot, is there a podcast that you listen to or maybe a newsletter that you love reading every week? Yes. Um, there is a podcast. I had the pleasure of being a guest on it, but I love it so much by another LinkedIn learning instructor named Pete Makaitis. And it's how to be awesome at your job. And I love it, that. Yeah, it comes with an email after each podcast that gives you like the person's top nugget. And so I love it because sometimes I can catch the podcast. Sometimes I can only catch the email, but I always feel like I learn from it. And it's Pete does such a good job of distilling down like the jewels from this person. Ah, I love it. How to be awesome at your job, too. That's such a great title. Very easy <laughs> yeah. to remember. Mm hmm. I love that. Okay. Speaking of, you know, social media and people, podcasts that you listen to, are there specific humans or it could be a brand that you follow, whether it's on Instagram or LinkedIn or TikTok? Cause I know you're big there as well. Like what accounts are you following that just kind of light you up? Yes. Well, Kim Cope, I mean, that has got to be said. Seriously, Kim, you do so much that all of us admire. And I really appreciate you. Again, your authenticity, the skills you share, your example of boldness. So I'm putting you number one. Um, I would say another person who I really appreciate and I think we need at this time, her name is Dr. Jacinta Jimenez. And she wrote a wonderful book called The Burnout Fix. And her feed on LinkedIn is all about preventing burnout. And it's got awesome advice. Um, Ooh, and then like one that. more, yeah, is Daniel Pink. Just in case you don't follow him, he is an amazing New York Times bestselling author. But he shares like really um, insightful data points, just like a little bite size. Uh, that are surprising and not intuitive at times and um, really make you think. So I recommend him as well. He is such a good follow. I will second that vote um, because he really does have such great content and ideas that he's putting out. So I second that one for sure. Yeah. And okay, last but not least, I'm super curious if we, we love homework around these parts, as you already know, I am going to proactively give everybody a homework assignment, which is pre-order this book. It comes out May 9th, Quick Confidence. It is absolutely a must-have resource if you are working or living with groups or other people. It's just, there's 
tons of great tactics in here. But if you could give all of us homework for the rest of this week and the weekend to do something or try something or listen to something, what would you have us do? So I would say this. Um, this is such a wonderful thing for all of us to build up in ourselves, but it's just as important we give other people a vote of confidence, right? And we affirm those people around us, especially the ones who like might be overlooked and not get their due. So I want to challenge all of you in the next week, think about one person that you could extend your confidence to. You could say to them, you know what, that's a nice dream. I think you should think bigger. Mm. Or, you know what, someone needs to present to the client next Thursday. I think you would be great at it. Do you want to try to be the person and represent us? So keep that in mind. There's somebody who would benefit so much from your nudge, your vote of confidence. And I think so many of us can look back and say our best teachers were often the people that saw something in us, that saw some potential that wasn't being tapped or fully utilized like be that person, be that light for someone. Uh, I love that. It's such, it is a gift that keeps on giving when you give somebody that boost of confidence. I absolutely love that. Selena, where can people keep following you, learning from you? Which platform are you on the most often? Yeah, so I create daily leadership content um, on Instagram and TikTok, and I'm here very often on LinkedIn as well. So please come say hello, any of those places. And I think all of you will love Quick Confidence, the book. You can find it anywhere books are sold. Oh, I love it. Well, Selena, thank you so, so much. This was unbelievable. It's so good to see your face and, and to get a quick boost of confidence from you. So thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. You too, Kim. You are amazing and keep shining. It's awesome ah, to see. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today. I know that you have a million things going on with work and your workload. So we really appreciate you being here to join us. We will be right back at this same place next time, next week at 1 p.m. Eastern. And I hope to see you there. Until then, have a wonderful rest of the week. And I hope you can give somebody that little bit of confidence that they're looking for. So have a great one and we'll see you next week. Whew, that was some good stuff. Thanks for being a part of this week's Coffee with Kim. If podcasts are your thing, subscribe to the show and you'll see a new episode appear next week in your favorite listening app. If you want to be a part of the conversation, join us live on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern over on LinkedIn. You can RSVP at getcoffeewithkim.com. I want you to have your questions answered because why should I get to have all the fun? And let's be honest, you know how to ask some hard hitting questions. My guests and I cannot wait to meet you. See you soon.